I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Reality Reno with Mitch and Mark. Happy Easter, Marky. Well, happy Easter. It is one of the favourite weekends for chocoholics. And hot cross buns. And hot cross buns just for our listeners. Little heads up. In our household with Mitch, the only day you can eat hot cross buns is Good Friday. So if any of you out there have been eating hot cross buns before, we don't do that. And I was not raised Catholic and I still do that. Well, that's because my mother um, was Catholic and her thing, hot cross buns, was about the tradition Mm. and we had to wait for Good Friday to celebrate with hot cross buns and I looked forward to Good Friday so much that I've introduced the same with our family. So every Easter we get together with the kids and now the grandkids and we have loads and loads of hot cross buns. Well, to the point where I can't even touch a hot cross bun except on Good Friday. Yes. And then once Good Friday is done, you can't eat them afterwards. And then, of course, the obligatory Easter egg hunt, and it's amazing with the little grandkids, they want to do the Easter egg hunt, find the Easter eggs, and then again, 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 again. To they the put them back out, hide them, and find them again. It's bizarre. But it's a time when families, you know, most families, I think, get together. It's a long weekend. Um, So there's four days. And after all being separated for so long through this whole COVID debacle, people are now really, really looking forward to getting together for Easter and for some, oh my goodness, the airport situation. Well, it's interesting, Mitch, isn't it? Because this is a time where as family we want to get together and relax. And it's probably an interesting time for us as a society to be doing that because there is so much going on. And I've got this theory about it. You know, we're talking about long COVID being the physical symptom. I'm now starting to realise I didn't get it before. We're now still dealing with long COVID from a social perspective. Well, Mark, I I would like to think of it, um, and for us as well as all of our listeners, that we need to allow ourselves time to breathe, like just to catch our breath and, and recalibrate and just give ourselves that, that thing that no one's got. Well, it's, I guess it's, that's important to be able to do. But thinking about it at the moment, people are tearing towards the Easter break. There are queues at airports that's going crazy. We have businesses that are trying to operate on reduced staff numbers either because of COVID or because we don't have the visa workers here. We have hospitality industry that, that really can't fully staff. You've got impact on products and goods, and we'll talk about that in a moment, particularly in building sections. We've just had an election called as well. And all the while, we've got things in the back of our head that we're not getting to because we're under so much pressure. And for us, um, good topic for our program, our thing that's nagging in the back of our heads is a renovation, which we keep talking about starting. And I feel like we're suffering from failure to launch because Mm -hmm. life keeps getting in the way. But, Maggie, 
today, today we're not actually having a guest. We actually want to talk about that exact topic about renovation, about timeliness of renovation, and about when it's time to start. And is it right the right time now? Is it the right time now to start a renovation? Well, yeah, Mike, there's so much going on, so much going on in the building game that I think it's it's really crippling one starting to completing mm-hmm. getting the goods mm-hmm. but also getting trades adding to that the whole east coast of australia has been damaged by floods some people have lost their homes have the big people have lost their lives as well so that adds to the pressure how do you manage pressure at the moment it feels like it's not giving up at the moment it feels for most people, and I've even heard of people cancelling their Easter trip because it's just too difficult to deal with what's happening at airports that they don't want to go through. Do we line up? Do we go there for hours beforehand? And what if we miss the flight? It just becomes too difficult. So, you know, to me it's like how do you manage the pressure? How do you manage how you feel so that you can actually get on and function in life? Well, Maki, you've got a background in psychology. We've put ourselves into such a a bind at the moment with the we opened the new shop this week. Mm-hmm. We've got stock issues. We've got to make good at the store that we've just left. Mm-hmm. We've added all this pressure. So how can we be giving people advice when we are victims of, no, our, own, uh, of our own pressure? Of our own creation. Well, I guess it's interesting, you know, working with people. And a lot of people may be listening to this you may be feeling the same thing. You're trying to juggle so many things. First off, to me, it's important to say it's okay to feel that way. And I know that sounds really trite sometimes, simple just to say that. But the most important thing is to say it's all right to feel overwhelmed because at the moment there is a lot that does feel overwhelming. I think, Mitch, just being able to sit and have a list is important, but it's also important to look at what you can control what you can influence and what you can't control and give yourself permission, say it's okay, that you can't control everything. That's all well and good in theory, Mm -hmm. but in the real world there's stuff you have to get done. How do you accept what's doable and what's not doable when you've got pressures on you in life? One of the most interesting things I've found working with people is, and I'm, I'm sure people can relate to it, there's an internal voice. We often have internal dialogue most of the day and, and you know, we talk about that internal voice that talks to you. And right now people are listening might go, what internal voice? Well, the little voice that just said to you, what internal voice? That's the voice that talks to you. And for most people I've worked with, those voices, you can end up having a conversation with yourself. And sometimes those voices are the critical voices, the things that say you should do that. Why aren't you doing this? This is not good enough. All those internal voices that happen on a daily basis. So what I've worked with people on and recommended is one thing is you can talk back to your internal voice. You don't have to just listen to it. You can talk back and say, it's okay if I don't get this done. But there's also, there's always this, this thing about are you a glass half full or a glass half empty type? I mm-hmm. tend to like to see myself as a glass half full, always looking, looking for the positives. Mm-hmm. But if we're saying it's okay to not get things done, do we accept that the glass can be half full? Well, it depends on how you look at it, half full and half empty. Often people talk about being whether you're a positive person or you're, you're a negative or an optimist or a pessimist. I think it's, it's to me, it's being realistic and, and saying 
if I don't achieve that, what are the consequences? Now, there is a hierarchy of things. So if you talk to people, you know, the hierarchy of needs, people need to have a roof over their head. They need to feed the kids. They need to feed the kids. Yeah, and you see in Lismore people don't don't have that. That is crucial. You need that. You need to be able to feed the kids. So you start to prioritise and say, what are the things I absolutely need so that I can survive and what are the things that are desirable? I suppose that takes me back to the block when we would have to be heading towards room reveal. I would say to myself and I would say to you and to our team, if we don't get there, worst case scenario, mm-hmm. nobody dies. And I suppose that's kind of been a bit of my motto. Well, it's true. What's interesting for me, having um, us being on the block and a lot of people talking about that, it's a great a reality show and it's drama and it's all those sorts of things. But I was talking to somebody in the store the other day and said, it's actually a really interesting um, look at the psychology of teamwork and psychology of people. So it's it's not just a TV show. You look at how do teams achieve the results they do in such t- short t- um, timeframes. One, it's about teamwork. Two, it's about being realistic. And three, it's about prioritising like you've just done. So what is it you say to yourself that enables you to set your priorities? What is it you say to yourself to give yourself permission. Now, that's not saying it's okay not to do something. If you sit there and say, oh, it's okay, you know, I'm not going to not gonna look after the kids. Well, that's, that's not a priority. It's the conversation you have with yourself that's the most important. And I suppose it's also setting realistic expectations. Like us on the block, we knew that we had a one in five chance. And whether we think we've got the best house or the worst house. Everybody on the block mm-hmm. thinks they've got the best house. So everybody thinks that they're in a position to win. And we all are in a position mm-hmm. to win. Mm-hmm. We set ourselves an expectation that we had done the best we could do. We were very happy with our result. Mm-hmm. But there are also four other couples very happy with the result. So the chances were we had 20% chance mm-hmm. of every position. Mm-hmm. And when we won, we were absolutely overwhelmed and happily distraught yeah. because we didn't expect to get everything. Mm-hmm. We did get it all. And it wasn't to say we were the best. We just had a buyer that wanted our house on the day and our luck was in the hands of the buyers. So um, coming back to, to where we started with this conversation, we started talking about Easter's coming up and it's a time for families to take a break. But really we're saying how do you take a break when what I think we've got is a social impact of COVID long COVID and it's hard to be able to have a rest when you're trying to do so much so how do you do that I've just been talking about you prioritize the things that are important but from a mental health perspective you know that is one of the physical health and mental health is so important right now we are fatigued most people are overwhelmed I'm waiting for the good part Mark well you need to let me continue (laughs) sorry what's interesting is you're waiting for the good part I'm just talking about the reality of what people are dealing with yeah Cool. So there's no good part about that. But the first part about it is let's talk realistically about what are the things that are impacting people and then you start to break down and work out strategies in managing those things. So when we started talking about this, is like what's the impact socially for us right now? There is a lot, a lot that we are all dealing with. We've seen worse flooding and, and the rain on the East Coast has been the worst on record. People are overwhelmed by that. We've had COVID lockdowns. We've had the wave of COVID. We've had people wearing masks, not wearing masks. Can we go out? Can we not go out? Now we're starting to travel. We've got lineups at 
airport. It, it feels like everything is not easy. So how do you deal with that? How do you protect your mental health? There are a couple of simple things. One is give yourself a break. And I know that sounds really simple, but it's like, just give yourself a break. Tell yourself, talk to your internal voice and say, it is okay to take a break and rest and breathe. Can I have the day off tomorrow, please? If you wanted to. Oh, can I? Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to take a break. Of course. So it's important to be able to uh, allow yourself that permission. And I know that sounds really basic, but a lot of people don't give themselves permission to do that. They are always running, going, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to go somewhere. Just take a break and breathe. Then do something that gives you some joy or or pleasure. So some people it's reading a book, listening to music, going for a walk. You know, these are very simple things that just stop the cycle of busyness. And while you're doing that, listen to what you tell yourself internally, that self-talk. And as I mentioned before, most people, there is an internal dialogue that goes on. Often it's about self-criticism. Often it's about, this is not good enough. I should be doing more. How come? How come? What about? What about? Take a moment and maybe use Easter as the weekend. Take a moment to say what you have done through one of the worst pandemics we've had and on the east coast of Australia through one of the worst periods of rain and flooding we've had is okay. It is all right. And it's just time to reset and reset your expectations. That to me is important. It's tough right now. So work on that inner head thought and start to tell yourself that when the inside head is telling you that you're not good enough, tell yourself, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to just be. Yes, and and slow down and then you can set your own goals or priorities for the next week or two weeks or three weeks. It's about being realistic and setting small goals and start building things back up to the overall goal that you want. And the other thing in this is if you're alone or you're feeling alone, reach out and contact a friend, a colleague, a neighbour, just say hi, check in with them because if you're feeling overwhelmed, chances are right now. Your friends and family are too. Yeah, your friends and family are too. And some people will be dealing with that through what we would call self-medicating. So there's probably an increased use of alcohol, maybe prescription drugs, maybe food to make yourself feel better. Reach out and just say hi to your neighbour. We do that. Just check that they're okay. So can I now work on translating that? And I really appreciate that, Mark. That's good because I'm going to use some of those steps. I wish you'd told me that before because I've been doing a lot of going crazy on the inside because we're not achieving enough. So I'm going to take that on board. Thank you. Mm, good. But can we now convert that to talking about the whole renovation world? Because one of our big heavy weights on our shoulders is failure to launch. We haven't, we've had everything else getting in the way mm. um, and the renovation hasn't started, but it doesn't mean that it's not always there in the back, in the back of mind. And I think there's a lot of people um, that are affected by wanting to renovate, mm -hmm. lined up to renovate, mm -hmm. and given what's gone on in the world with imported goods are so delayed, trades are in such short supply, there's just a, a case of whether you want to start or not, can you start? And should you start? I think it's interesting you raise that because we've had a couple of people contact us following um, last week's conversation who said, 
it's interesting that we said perhaps now is not the best time to be renovating. And they said, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I said, well, if you're looking at the cost of a renovation and labour and goods are such a huge part, and labour is a huge part of that, if you're going to renovate at a time when labour is in high demand but low supply, it stands to reason that you are likely, potentially, you could pay more for your renovation or it will take longer than you expected. And if a renovation takes longer, as we've experienced, a renovation takes longer, the cost goes up because the trades are there for a longer period of time. Well, yes. Or, or delay, or you've got a property sitting there. Yeah waiting to get the renovation completed. It is. So one option to think about now is if it's not urgent, perhaps now is not the time to start the renovation because, as we've seen, an increase in cost of goods is impacting the building industry. There is increased demand on trades and what's going to be happening up in the flood-ravaged areas where insurance claims are going to happen and they're going to start to need trades. So what I think is interesting when you look at the papers, I don't know if you, you've seen that. We've been watching the papers. In the last three or four months, there are five home building companies that have gone into liquidation. Now, most recently, if you, you've looked at, there are two in WA, New Sensation Homes and Home Innovation Builders, have gone into liquidation and that's leaving people who bought off the plan, that's leaving them without homes. And then you've had the Gold Coast Condev, Victoria ProBuild, Tasmania, Hatondo Homes, all of them have gone into liquidation. So you've ticked off WA, mm -hmm. Queensland, mm -hmm. Victoria, mm -hmm. Tasmania mm -hmm. and New South Wales? Uh, not yet, but if you were looking at five of these, it makes me wonder how many other companies are in a very difficult position. So why are they going into liquidation, these companies? Well, what we're seeing is people have signed up, which is fine. The model is fine. You sign up to buy off the plan. We've bought properties off the plan. And you sign a contract that says that will be done for a certain cost, a fixed cost. But now all the products that have been used for those homes have increased significantly. Uh -huh. So if you as a business, your business model said, we're going to give you something, let's use it very simple, we're going to sell you a laptop computer for $1,000. Or an apartment for a million dollars. Or an apartment for a million dollars. And you sign up to do that six months ago, 12 months ago. 12 months ago, you signed up off the plan, a million dollars for that apartment. With a 20% margin. If the home builder was building their homes and they were costing them $800,000 to build, they were selling them for a million dollars, that means they had $200,000 oh, yeah, yeah, so worth of profitability for them. All of a sudden, things have got it by 25%. The home building company says, hold the phone. I've now got a situation where I'm going to lose money to deliver on my promise. Yes, so the home company, that business model, they are generating money through that early payment. Yep. Then they don't have the funds to be able to pay for all of the products that they bring, have to bring in. They can't operate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So if these companies collapsed and therefore the people who have invested their deposit uh, I don't think we can talk about what actually happened because we don't know the ins and outs of it. All we can say from what we've seen in the paper is that there are these these businesses have gone into liquidation because the directors of the businesses are saying we can no longer operate because I, we can't. I expect pay you to know a lot, Darren. You do. We can't pay what we owe. What that will mean for the homeowner is people will have homes they have paid for that are not being delivered to them. Or in some contracts, most contracts, there is a sunset clause. And it used to happen a lot. I don't think it happens so much in the eastern states. I think in WA it can, where the home builder can say, we're going to invoke the sunset clause, which means that we will give you your money back and we'll keep the building. Now, we've heard of that. Do you remember that friend of ours, Daph in in WA, she had her 25% deposit or something Mm -hmm. on the home, Mm -hmm. on an apartment Mm -hmm. down at Mandra, Mm -hmm. and the... All of a sudden, the project started running late mm-hmm. and they wanted to refund people on their deposits. But as it turned out, the value of those properties had escalated so mm-hmm. much, they were mm-hmm. better off to refund and resell them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were refunded, but our friend Daff managed to get some legal advice and force them to deliver on their promise. Yeah, so there's been situations where companies have used a sunset clause because the property value has increased so they can get more money by giving the deposit back and reselling it on the market. Um, But, you know, in these cases, you've got people who will not get their money back. You've got trades who will not be paid because there's no money. So the the issue here becomes a whole lot of half-built properties, people who don't have homes, then a whole lot of trades who don't have jobs. So this is... And trades who could go broke. Yes. So this is the ripple effect. And I guess I'm talking about this is long COVID in the economy. So what happens? We've seen five companies that have gone into liquidation. ProBuild is a big company. What's happening to other builders out there? But how? So the big companies who are delivering big projects, Mm -hmm. how does that um, compare to... People like you and I who are doing a renovation on a home. It's mm-hmm. a totally different it's a totally different ball game because we're doing a, an independent builder who will yep. build our home. Well, I think the difference there is it used to be that you would be able to get a locked-in contract for your renovation. If you went and we would always recommend that. You go to your renovation, you would look at your plans, you'd get those um, scoped out, you get all your reports and go to a builder. And you might go to two or three builders and say, Can I get a quote on these? And I want to get a locked-in quote. Well, Mark, if I think about um, our builder, Jason, from the block who Mm -hmm. everyone's familiar with, Mm -hmm. he has got locked-in jobs right through till November. So that's different. Why? I'm talking about different. One is a locked-in quote on the price. You're saying locked-in jobs. He's got jobs booked in to be done, but it doesn't mean the price has been locked in. Okay. What I'm saying first is it used to be that you would be able to go to builders which which we did in the past when we did our renovations we would get a quote on the whole job yes you would go in and you would say here's the job can you quote me lock it in it would all be fine your builder probably locks in some variation in price but now given the financial impact of goods being freighted in and we're hearing this that you know, some freight costs have gone up two, three, four times. Because there's such a shortage of supply that builders have had to pay more so they can well, secure the... The shortage is actually, during COVID, it's transport. Yeah, yes. 
but to get but to be able to to secure the the timber and all the required products you actually have to pay a higher price because there's such a short supply yeah because the flow and effect is if i've got one ship coming over with goods compared to 10 ships then i can only have a tenth of what i used to get into the country and therefore the price or the demand for those goods has gone up so the price goes up so somebody's making some money well who knows you know it's it's really this is the effect the long longer term lag effect of covid in the economy so now i think and it'd be interesting maybe we can get jason on the phone to find out what he's seeing in the industry but it means that for listeners if you are looking at doing your renovation one you are unlikely to get a fixed quote i would be very surprised if you get it so when we've looked at renovations before, say it was an apartment, it was going to cost us 200000 to do the renovation, and we knew that before we started. Quite frankly, now we would not be able to do that. So how would you even plan a renovation, particularly if you're a flipper? If mm. you're a flipper and you're buying buying a property for $800,000, mm. spending $200,000 on it, plus mm. all your on costs, you've mm-hmm. factored in by the time you've finished there's potential for a margin if there's not market fluctuation. Mm-hmm. There's potential for a margin of $100,000 in a quick renovation mm-hmm. and quick sell. You really could not even forecast that now. It's really hard now. Our model has always been about forecasting. Add to that now we have an election, so we'll wait to see what happens and what their policies do. And that's another do. whole topic. Whole thing, what their policies do. Religion property. and politics. Although we did discuss hot cross buns this yeah. earlier. So I, I'm thinking that, you know, we've been able to um, – get some good friendships with people in the game so if we get jason it'd be great to have a chat to him and see what he's seeing whether or not these kind of impacts are going to flow through to renovators or property buyers and the other person that we will catch up with is alice stoltz from domain in the next week so we talked about living next door to alice alice will have some insights about what's going on i think it's interesting to see what kind of impact this is having on the industry overall. Mikey, can, so rather than just talk about it theoretically, why don't we talk to a real builder? I'm going to give Jason a buzz now, if that's okay with you. Yeah, let's get him on the we'll phone. Just, I'll just see if he's, I think he was on the road today, but I'll, here we go. Good morning, Mitchie. Good morning, Jason. How are you? I'm here with Marky. Hey, Jay. Oh, hi, Marky. How are you? Um, we're currently doing our doing? Po- we're doing our podcast, and I wanted to, we wanted to ask some question. Are you driving? I am driving. Can you pull over? Are you safe? Um, I'm always safe, Marky. <laughs> can you pull over? <laughs> yes, I can pull over. Jay, we've, we were talking about the impact of the COVID impact on the building industry, and we just wanted to get a few points from you, Mark. Does that pretty much cover it? Yeah, Jason. We've seen in the paper there's like five different home building companies that have just not been able to get through this. Yeah. yeah. What's the it's, impact now on the industry? Look, the, it's a knock-on effect, Marky. I mean, you know, you hear Build Pro that have just gone bust down here in Melbourne. You know, there's all these other builders that are going bust in WA and New South, obviously. There's rumours on the street. Matt's kind of starting to struggle a little bit. I, as I say, these are rumours. I did hear that they were sort of trying to pay out people that are locked into contracts from last year. That's that sunset clause where they pay money back so people don't continue on with Correct. The, okay. Exactly right. Because, I mean, the, the in if you lock into a contract, which we, we've had that issue over the last sort of 12 months, We've locked into contracts back in mid last year, um, you know, and we're only just finishing some of those jobs off now. And the increase of material that 
has gone up. You can't pass that on to the to the client, unfortunately. Um, you know, when in our, I mean, we're just a, a small family business that do mainly domestic stuff. And when we lock into a fixed price contract, you know, we're hoping to make twenty percent on that whole whole job. That's what I thought as a, as a builder. But that's you know that that twenty percent is getting cut in half. I mean, we're lucky to be making ten, twelve percent at the moment because the material increase. We have to wear that. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's why I think all these builders are now scared. So do you think contracts, Jason? If people are looking at renovating now, you know, like yeah. renovations rather than the repairs because of flood damage and that, but renovating. Yeah. The, the increase, the increase on materials. I mean, what kind of increase are we seeing? The word on the street is that the LVLs, Marky, they've already gone up probably uh, between thirty-five to forty percent over the last twelve months. And Jason, sorry, the now. LVLs are the they're the big, thick. They're the well, no, they're, they're the subfloor materials. They're it, it's they're ninety to forty-five studs in some areas that engineers call up for. So your floor um, boards your going. Big floor joist beams. There's yeah. so many different LVL materials that you use on, on any common house that they're going up another 40% in Jesus. So, yeah. to, so that's going to be a 100% increase pretty much almost in 12 months. Wow. But who, who starts wearing that cost? You're looking, you know, just for standard floor joists, you're looking at, you know, around $9 a linear metre. Now that's going to be up to $15 to $18 a linear metre, and you can't pass that on. So, so, you know, and the LVLs are coming from Russia and Ukraine, so we all know what's going on over there. So it's it's making it harder and harder to get materials here. If somebody comes to you wants a fixed price quote, which years ago, a few years back, you probably could yep. have done, yep. is that likely now? Yep. No, we can't do fixed price contracts at the moment. Not until probably a month prior to starting the job, because on where, as I said, we're so busy at the moment, we're booked out pretty much for the rest of this year into next year. Mm-hmm. So if people are asking us to quote jobs at the moment, I can give it an estimation that that could be, say it's a $300,000 reno, that could be an estimation of, okay, I think it's going to cost you between 280000 and 380000 because I don't know what's going to happen with material costs. It's not for me to make more money. It's just uh, I can't lock into contracts at the moment and, and look at, you know, I've got a family to feed. Yeah. Obviously, I've got to I've got to look after my family. I can't just look after the clients anymore. I have to watch out of what's going to happen in six, twelve, eighteen months because it's going to get worse before it gets better. And Jason, do you think that so six to twelve to eighteen months, so it will return to some normality at some point? Surely, I don't. I don't think the prices are going to. They're not going to come back to where they were. I don't think that's wow. on the cards at all, from what I've heard. You know, America's killing us at the moment because every time we get a container landing here at Pine, for instance, they're sending it straight to America because they're paying double what we are. So because they've had such an increase, you know, an influx of building demand over in America, we've got the same issue here, but they're willing to pay double what we're paying. So as soon as any containers land here, they're shipping it straight over to America to make more money. Wow, really? it's It's a... a no-win situation here for us at the moment in Australia, and I think that's where you're finding a lot of these builders are, are going bust because they can't afford to. I mean, they're they're big builders that are supplying a lot of material, and they can't increase their prices because they're in fixed into uh, these big contracts. And Jason, you're hearing in the building game just on the grapevine, a lot of other builders are having the same issue about. A lot of builders have had enough down here, Marky. They're all saying that's it's just getting too hard and they're, they're losing money. So they're, they're shutting the doors. I mean, they're walking away from a lot of contracts. Um, oh, yeah. And you've got to be really careful with builders that are 
willing to lock into contracts because we're hearing from our insurance companies that what's happening is these these cowboys, let's call them, are going in, say the job's worth 500000 they're going in with these fixed contracts of 400000 so undercutting us builders that are being legit. And then they're, they're high-ending the front, so their, their deposits and their, their demolition payments are huge, so they get that payment in, and then they're walking away from the jobs, wow. leaving these clients with, with no builder, and they've paid out all this money. So, Jason, so, how, how, how is this impacting on the, the mental health of the of your guys, of, or builders in general? Oh, look, look it's really hard because when we get together, I've got a, a big group of builders, mates that we get together with. I mean, I go swimming with a couple of the boys off the block every every week um, we get together and it's great to actually know what they're going through and that makes it easier for me to go through it because if I was going through it on my own I'd be thinking is it me or is it you know is it across the board but it is it's across the board so I think if people builders can get out there and, and, and actually speak to their opposition um, and actually have a chat to them I think that's really good for their mental state. But there must be um, there must be a lot, Jay, that are not doing that though. That are there are a lot of people not doing that, Mitch. They're just sort of taking on themselves, and you hear of these people, you know, going through huge issues. Which, you know, I don't know how to get around that. As I say, I'm I'm really one of the probably lucky ones that do get together with the boys mm-hmm. and have a chat and talk about it. And I think that's the only way to get around it is have roundtable discussions. If these people are locking themselves in their in their offices and not dealing with it. How, I don't know, how do you get around it? Yeah, like that's, yeah, and I suppose people are sort of thinking of getting frustrated about not getting their job done, but we don't always think about the fact that there's guys trying to do a job that are that are struggling. Well, it's gone from these, you know, six to six to seven-month renovations. They're going out to nine to ten months now, and people saying, why is it taking so long? Well, I'm really sorry. It's it's not us. It's it's a knock-on effect. It doesn't matter how organised you are at the moment. I'm a perfect example. We're doing a place, you know, up the bush a little bit, and I ordered some stuff through Bunnings, and they said, oh, it's one to two weeks. So I rang them yesterday, which was two weeks, was up yesterday, and I rang them, and I said, uh, I said listen, just wondering where that material is. They rang me back ten minutes later. Oh, we're really sorry. It's not due into us till the tenth of May, but that's that's another four four and a half weeks away. I'm like, how does that work? Like, and they're like, oh. so then I've got to ring the client and tell them that I told it would be one to two weeks, and now it's going to push out to six to seven weeks. And they're like, well, why? I'm like, well, the containers aren't here yet, and then they've got to get it off the container. It's due to land here in Australia on the 27th, but they don't get it till the 10th because then they've got to get it off the docks. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a snowball effect. Jay, with the companies that we've seen in the papers that have gone into liquidation, does that mean the trades that worked in those companies are now free to come in and work with other businesses? Does it work that well, way? They're not really because there's. They're mainly, well, like build pros and stuff like that. They're the big commercial builders. So those those guys that are doing the commercial works aren't looking to get into the domestic stuff. You know, that's, that's where the big money is. If you're a carpenter and you're working on these big commercial jobs, you're getting paid really well. So, but unfortunately, with, the, with those big commercial companies, they turn people over so quickly. Like, they might have 140 carpenters working for them. They'll drop that to 40 carpenters within a week, they'll lose 100 blokes and they'll re-employ new blokes three weeks later so they don't have to keep paying them. So that's the disadvantage of working on the commercial sites. They just turn people over and don't care. And plus those, guys who, those guys who are working on those jobs and getting good money, they're then, they've, they've geared their lives towards that income mm. 
and boom, it's gone. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'd love to have all the workers come and work for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got that much work, but you've got to be really careful who you employ as well. Well, Jay, thanks so much, buddy, for taking our call. Mm, thank no you. All, boys. No, really, re- really appreciate it. Drive carefully. No worries. Speak to you soon, boys. Bye. Thanks, Jay. Bye, Jay. Thanks, bye, mate. Bye. Wow. Well, that was probably more information than I expected about how difficult it is. Yeah, absolutely. As usual, it's always good to get a little bit of inside information about things. And sometimes in terms of your your mental health and being able to manage issues, getting more information and understanding kind of what's real and what's not. But, Mikey, do you know what, for me, like after talking to Jason then, it makes me get a bit of perspective we want to get a renovation done. Other people want to build a new home. The pressure is so great now. Let's give ourselves a break and just accept that it ain't going to happen. For, for fuck's sake, there's people out there, Mark, who need a roof over their head. It would be interesting to have relief. a look at the priority of the building industry. You know, do you prioritise? And, and morally, it's probably right that building industry needs to focus on people who need a roof over their head. So um, people who've been affected badly by the floods, but also by these companies that have gone out of business and their houses, people's houses are not built. So it would be better to go prioritise that first and for people like us to say, it's okay. Just catch your breath. Just catch your breath and it's okay. Our need is not as great as their need. But at the same time, which you mentioned, the building industry is under so much pressure itself. You have so many of the trades who are trying to deliver on things and they're probably feeling a lot of that pressure. Because we were talking about people not getting their projects done and the stress for them. But as you just said, the builders... They're under enormous pressure, and this must be really weighing down on them mentally. Well, it trickles down. It trickles down through everyone. So for anyone who might be listening, if you are feeling that you're struggling with your mental health, mental health is such an important important thing for all of us. We need to be able to function. Um, We will leave in our episode notes the contact details for Lifeline, and there is Beyond Blue, but you can also reach out to your medical practitioner, to your doctor. They will be able to work with you to develop a mental health plan, and you can access up to, I think it's up to 10 free appointments through a mental health plan. So there is nothing embarrassing. There's nothing wrong about going to your doctor. It's confidential and saying, I just need some help. And that service is available. It is better you do that now than wait and wait until you're feeling completely overwhelmed. Take those steps now. We have those contact numbers in our episode notes, but reach out to your doctor. Yeah, no, that's great advice, Mark, because look after yourself first. That's the most important thing. If you, if you can get okay yourself, everything else should fall into place. Yeah, that's important. That's important. So in the meantime, we have four-day break at Easter, a time to take a breath, yep. a time to maybe reflect. Let's enjoy each other and just have some some chill time and have some fun, Mark. Whoa, Mark, that got a bit heavy. It wasn't sort of the plan, but wow. No, it's not. But I guess it's important to acknowledge that there are some heavy things happening and then be able to manage those. So if anyone listening is got any building going on, has got any renovation going on, and you're feeling a bit frustrated, maybe just touch base with your building team and go, are you okay? Are we all okay? No, go further, Mark. My view is, I did it on the block, hug everyone in your building team. They, everyone loves a hug. Yes, kids love to hug me out there, didn't they? Well, not exactly, but but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hugger. Yeah. That's it from us for now. 
or whatever you're doing over this incredible four-day break. Enjoy. Bye for now. See you. Have a great time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.